Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Kill Your Yo-Yo, the podcast dedicated to yo-yo theory, yo-yo improvisation, and yo-yo performance, brought to you by Illinx Toys, and I am your host, Ross Levine. Today's guest is Shivam Berry. He is the founder of Thesis Yo-Yos, and he is just so cool. He is two years out of high school, and he has created already one of the biggest, coolest brands in yo-yoing, uh, Thesis. And you've, if you haven't seen Thesis Yo-Yos, you've probably seen someone wearing their shirts, but you've also probably seen someone using their yo-yo. Uh, he has created a brand that's super recognizable and a, and a design language that you can tell a Thesis Yo-Yo the moment that you see it, the same way that you used to be able to tell a CLYW the moment that you saw it, um, which is, I guess, still true today. Uh, but anyway, he is, he's really good at design. He's really good at marketing. We talk a little bit about design and how to get into design, as well as 3D printing and why that's really important uh, if you're designing a Yo-Yo. We talk about uh, sort of the the thought that goes on behind the scenes of Thesis, of, of what he's going for every time they make a yo-yo, uh, as well as the team building and the team that they have and how they contribute into this, the, the, the Thesis entity uh, and, and how you, even if you're not a great yo-yoer, could still get sponsored based on other important business skills. So Shivam is just a master of a lot of things. He's... I'm, going to say a child prodigy slash genius uh, he's he's really really good at what he does and uh, i can't wait for you to hear everything that he has to say so uh, i don't have anything to advertise for you today so uh share this podcast with one of your friends that is the most important thing share this uh let people know that you like this show if you listen to it put it on your page put pictures put quotes from it on your page uh talk about it in your story i don't know do all that share it that would help grow the podcast a lot and uh, thank you so much, and I can't wait for you to hear everything that Shivam has to say. Enjoy. Welcome, Shivam. Hey, how you doing, Ross? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. That's Sweet. so finally, good. <laughs> finally excited for the podcast. I feel like uh, this is um, highly anticipated, Ross. It was on my schedule, circle of date, calendar, all arrows playing to it. Oh, yes. That's how I like. I mean, likewise for yours. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh sorry to all other guests who've been and will be on this podcast but Chivums was the one uh, uh so yeah i am so excited to have you and right now you are at your parents house about to well tell people yeah so um right now i'm at my parents house for a week just a week left so um on the day of this recording essentially in a week from now we've got nationals so i'm gonna fly out to nats come back in three days pack everything which again probably poor planning on my part because like they've been telling like you should probably pack before you nationals i'm like nah don't worry <laughs> so yeah come back really quickly pack everything up and then drive straight up to berkeley and then yeah i'm be starting off there as a junior studying business administration yeah. and yeah i'm super excited because we got max from my team uh, up in the bay area and I'm just thinking like all the content we can get out because he's amazing with the camera and they got clubs up there, spin docs. So sadly, I'm going to have to say bye to DXL in the SoCal region, but yeah, I'm really for excited now? to see what's up there. Yeah, for now, for now, I okay, will good, come good, back. Good. I will come back. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. So you'll, you'll be up there theoretically till, you know, two years from now, unless you go for an MBA or something like that. Yeah, so two years from now, and then um, I guess we'll just have to see kind of where it takes me. I know that 
job wise afterward, there's a good chance I could just stay in the Bay area. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe come down to LA, definitely gonna do West coast, no matter whatever I committed myself going to stick to West coast, but, uh, yeah, probably, probably LA or, uh, San Francisco. Yeah. That's sick. I mean, two very good cities. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, so that's Shivam, a college student, and that's all that he is. And thank you so much for listening to this episode. Lucas <laughs> uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. So Shivam, you are the founder of Thesis Yo-Yos, correct? Yep. Yep. Uh, founder of Thesis Yo-Yos. Yeah. A little small company from Irvine, uh, just representing and trying to get that kind of aesthetic look out there um and yeah we've been running it for uh five years now because 2017 i started um and yeah that was a that was a really interesting story actually with how he started too with um the synthesis actually because that was when i was first learning design so looking back a lot of people ask me like hey shivam can i grab a synthesis or like can we do something um where you do a rerun and i'm always like realistically i'm not gonna lie that's probably not my best yeah you guys and I was telling this because I'm like, you always get better as a designer. And you probably know this too, is like, the more you design, the longer you've been talking to manufacturers, longer you've been fiddling in Fusion 360 SolidWorks, you just get better and better. And so, um, yeah, with the sense is a really interesting story that I designed a Fusion 360, uh, scrapped at the money for a prototype, and it didn't work. And that's the only prototype I've ever done where I messed up such a fundamental aspect, the bearing seat, because I designed oh, it for myself. And yeah, I took a shortcut. I was like, I don't need to like really set any constraints or do anything, messed it up. And what's funny is the factory didn't catch this. And so I got like a wobbly yo-yo and I was like, I did something wrong. And so <laughs> went back in Fusion 360, fixed it up. And then, yeah, eventually I was just like, I'm pretty sure this is going to work. This is probably a big risk. Should have made a second prototype, but I was like, pretty sure this is going to work. So let's just go straight to production. Uh, I had a bunch of yo-yos from like, yeah, I had a bunch of yo-yos from like collecting in the year before. Um, and so I was like, I'm just going to sell a bunch of these. And I was like, I'll worst case scenario, I'm just going to have like a bunch of the same yo-yo to play for, for life. If no one buys it, I'll just use the synthesis in every aspect of life. And I'll just carry that with me. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we went ahead and made that. Uh, there's a friend of mine, Arnie, who used to be in my high school. Uh, we had this super kind of um garage style setup where we just take pictures against um white construction paper uh and looking back the the photography was really bad i still remember both of us going what's wrong with this why is it not bright and it did not occur to us to use lighting back then for some reason oh yeah so yeah there's just like a bootstrap sort of thing going on there and yeah definitely improved since then but yeah that was like kind of like the starting story made a census met a friend from high school and then he just kind of helped start it up and yeah got the ball rolling man so some things i just want to hit on is for anybody who's listening and who wants to get into design um solidworks is a great option but it's like you know five thousand dollars a year because it's made for or maybe more it's made for like like apple uses they don't actually use that i, I just know they don't use that but uh, a lot of like companies like apple use solidworks um and so like it's it's really expensive for that reason fusion 360 is a much better option for people who are just getting started um it's a cad software computer aided design which means that it lets you make uh any any 3d model um, but sort of in an engineering rather than an artsy way. 
Um, and it is free to use if you aren't making money off of it, but also they have no way of enforcing that. So uh, you could have up to 10 models open at the same time. And that is plenty to start making some yo-yos. Um, and if you if you want a bearing seat template, you can hit me up at Illinx Toys and I'll, I'll send you one. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, do that, guys. That story with the first prototype that should be that should be a signal to hit up somebody and get that get those guts and get that file over to you. In fact, I might even send this to you to <laughs> make sure that they are good because I honestly I rely on the factory to double check. <laughs> yeah, no, like that was that was a crazy thing to me. It's like when the factory didn't double check, I was like, oh my god, I was like, I gotta I gotta double check. So now I meticulously yeah. before I send it over, I like close it down then i open the software back up again the next day and i'm like all right shivam recheck everything just in case because yeah messed up protos that's like a month or two of your time just gone so got to make sure everything tip top perfect um so that's uh that's just something i want to make sure people know get fusions (laughs) it's it's the the best one it's really good it's free um but yeah no making yoga is is rough and what's crazy to me um, I think what separates you from a lot of people is just how early you got started making yo-yos. Um, because I think I made one, one twenty-five unit run that I didn't sell anywhere when I was in high school, but you are like, you were in high school getting started with thesis, which is now pretty much a driving force and you're two years into college now. So like, that is a, that is a hell of an accomplishment. And first of all, just like, Thank huge you. congrats on that um it's been so cool watching you watching you grow like that and also uh let's just start at the beginning how did you first start yo-yoing yeah so actually i started yo-yoing a year before i formed my company so there wasn't much of a gap wow. um and there's this tedx talk with this yo-yo named black i'm not sure if you're f- familiar with it oh but i love yeah that was a huge influence on me that TEDx. yep story. exactly i was just like, going down some sort of rabbit hole of just ted talks i landed on it and i was like this is so cool this dude's just like yo-yoing and delivering such like a deep speech and he looks so cool doing it i'm like i'm gonna do this and i was like i think in middle school entering high school i just remember i was like this is the coolest guy ever so naturally uh, i went online and i picked up a fast 201 that was my first yo-yo uh, i was doing a nice plastic yo-yo and i think i just did the forward toss and just like a classic throw it down tug it up for the first like three days non-stop i just focused on that because um i watched yo tricks tutorials to get started so i'm like a yo tricks baby not like the yo-yo expert wow. baby um yeah i feel like it's the new separation between like boomers and like the new gen z <laughs> yeah i was watching them and then they just kept driving in like foundation so i did that and then by the forte i was like i can't do this i must upgrade so instantly and this is i think this is really where the shopping addiction started ross <laughs> i was like i need a bigger better yo-yo so i went online and i think it was horizon next day it was like horizon and yeah i found to like the myth that like you get a new yo, you get a better yo, you improve. Cause I remember I threw it down and I was like, I could tell it was better than the plastic yo I was using before. But instantly I was like, yeah, I'm going to go back to the plastic for a few days. <laughs> I'm not ready for unresponsive just quite yet. But yeah, naturally, you know, you go down a journey of like, you learn those first few tricks. Um, you get your unresponsive yo, you learn the bind. Now you're on your way to doing crazy stuff. Um, but naturally, I think after nine months, 
I just stopped doing tutorials and would just like, if I'm in between cooking or just like watching Netflix or just doing something, I just like unknowingly start yo-yoing and then just kind of went off on my own thing, which is also, I'll say that like, I think my trick progression just ultimately stopped a year in. Like <laughs> I just started like doing the same tricks over for the next years after, because I was like, it's hard to make tricks. It's really hard to make tricks. So I gotta, I'm, I still gotta go back to that playlist and like finish it all the way through to make sure that like, I'm a, I'm a certified yo-yo master. <laughs> I guarantee you won't do that. <laughs> and you a, shouldn't. <laughs> but I'll, I'll go. I'll go ahead. Back that up. <laughs> yeah, I'll go ahead and you know what? I'll, I'll watch the last video, and if I do it, I'll just be like, I'm done with it. I'm done with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you made it through. No, so yeah. so I think that there's there's a few things there, which is um, uh, something I like to think of. I, I call it the collector's mindset. I bring it up on here as often as I can because I think beginners can fall into it when they're just starting out. And it, it happens both with yo-yos and also with tricks that it's like, yeah. oh, the next yo-yo that I get is gonna make me a good yo-yo or, <laughs> or the next trick that I learned is gonna make me a, a, a good yo-yo or, and it's like, no, you just have to get a yo-yo that works for you and any yo-yo can do any trick. I think I was talking to Brandon about that last week or, or last episode, um, but then also like, tricks are, are pretty much useless. They're just a series of, they're just useful as far as learning elements um, and then practicing. So I like to think of tricks as drills to learn those elements and they just happen to look pretty good. Um, so it's like learning those tricks is never gonna make you a better yo-yo but practicing them and, and doing what you're doing of, oh, my trick progression ended. It's like, no, it didn't. You just learned a series of tricks and now you're mastering those elements and over time, it'll it'll get integrated, and then style emerges out of that, of, yeah. of the, the tricks that stuck with you, that stuck in your memory. Um, We're really into the philosophy of yoing, like the meaning of yoing here. Oh, I love that stuff, <laughs> but that's that's just something that I want to get out. Is like uh, the sooner that people can, because be every beginner falls into that, and you kind of have to at first because there's not really another option. You're presented with yeah. all these yo-yos, and you want to get the newest yo-yo, and you're presented with all these tricks, and you want to learn all of them, and you think that's the thing that's going to make you the, the real yo-yo, but it's not. And the sooner that you can break yourself out of that habit and start to just master the stuff you already know and stick with that stuff, the sooner you'll actually start to become the very best. No <laughs> one ever was. Second time. Yeah, I've I, was, I always tell people the same test. thing. I'm always just telling them like, realistically, I don't think you need more than a few yo-yos, you know, maybe have like two just like um for like your everyday carry they can switch back and forth in between i know some people like to keep one in pristine condition use it at home i'm like understandable um and then realistically i don't know anybody that does all five styles but then the other two yo-yos you can do yeah. maybe like a 2a or a 4a yo-yo um i think i know some people are like 5a specific is i'm not good enough at 5a to know if there's like people that like will say i can use only this for 1a and only this for 5a I just yeah. take any of my one yo-yos, throw on a dice, and then I'm again. I'm like pretty pretty novice at this, but I'm like this should be sufficient. I'll just throw the dice around and <laughs> we'll see yeah. where it goes. But yeah, I always tell people this, and then the funny thing is like I turn around and then I just see like a hundred yo-yos at my house. I'm like, yes. you know what? You know what? Don't don't do as um I do. Just do as I say, preferably. Yes. <laughs> and though collecting is an art in itself. Yeah. What I was saying is just for if you want to become a better yo-yoer 
and you don't care about collecting, but then you end up with, with yeah, a bunch of, like, and I mean, I have a bunch too. I have, I always keep my novelty yo-yos like my Jororian and my pop star, like the, yeah. the Jororian's a giant crucial yo-yo. Um, and then everybody knows the pop star, tiny little yo-yo factory. I think, I think my pop star is somewhere, but yeah. Finding is whenever I tell people like um, I'm on a call, I'm like, I think I have this somewhere. I look up and it's like, I just reach out into like the masses of yo-yos. I'm like the scene from Toy Story where like the claw comes down to like collect <laughs> one of them. And I'm like, all right, let me find him on here. But yeah, I gotta, I think um, after a while that collecting, like you said, it's the art itself. Um, I know a lot of people that they like yoing, but they just really like to keep this as art pieces almost. Yeah. And uh, there's definitely, I respect that. I'm like, honestly, and on one hand, I'm like, you know what? You're, you're buying my yo-yo, so why would I tell you not to? <laughs> but on the other end, I'm like, it's pretty cool because um, if you look at a lot of other hobbies, it's, they boil down to collecting. Um, I know that we both like cards too. And like, man, the amount of decks I have that like, uh, I just don't even open sometimes, like my fontaines and stuff. I just like them because they're really nice to look at. And I'm just like, I just want to keep those for me. Oh, man. I I think I have a pack of like one of the first runs of Fontaine's. I'm pretty sure I was in the junior program with the founder, but I could be oh, wrong wow. about that. Those are, that's a mortgage on the house, bro. <laughs> they're like original Fontaine's. Too bad I opened them and they're heavily used. <laughs> well, at least you showed them love. It's like the thing where like, um, even the yo-yos sometimes, I have like yeah. these yo-yos where, and it's made of titaniums. Um, where when I first got, I think my first titanium was like 2018. So like after I started thesis, I still didn't have a titanium until like two years in and I was so afraid to use it. Um, and then eventually when I finally got my first titanium yo-yo proto made, I was like, I am breaking this barrier. So now all the titanium is that I keep for myself out of the runs, I just treat them terribly. I'm like, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta ding it. Like once you ding the yeah. yo-yo, you've essentially removed any possibility of you being like this is in pristine condition. I'm going to keep it mint. I'm going to keep it on a shelf. Um, and the other beauty is like, we, we both go to DXL. Someone's going to ding it eventually. Yeah. So once I didn't get it home, I bring it to DXL. I'm like, if you ding it, it's not the end of the world. And yeah. uh, I'm not sure if it was the last time, but um, with the Proto, at least, I think I've sparked it so much. And this is a Calyx Proto, uh, not the first antithesis, but the next mm -hmm. titanium model. Um, I think I've sparked like half a gram off it. Like I just... I go everywhere and I'm like, guys, we've got to remove as much mass as we can from this yo-yo by sparking it. But yeah. it's almost like getting two prototypes in one. You can yeah, just exactly. slowly. <laughs> I wonder what's like, going to this... like at 59 grams. It's a little more sparking, guys. Trust me, this is for research and development. Yeah. So you've actually got me um, that there's something that I've used as a justification to buy yo-yos recently, which is like, I've been thinking about making an undersized yo-yo and yeah. um, part of the reason that I've been thinking about doing that is that I really wanted a general yo mini star and Ernie uh, cut me a deal on one. And I was like, after I got it, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah I can justify this as long as I'm about to make an undersized yo-yo. So, but do you ever find, because then I've also had other yo-yos. I'm like, okay, I want to do more organic one. I'll buy a few good organics. Like that's why yeah. I got the, um, the, the Duncan freehand, the original, because what what other organic to get than, than the original? Um, yeah. So like, uh, have you ever found that it's important to have a collection of different yo-yos as a designer uh, to be able to go back and reference? Because I've also made like an Excel file where I keep uh, 
the name of the OU, the manufacturer, the material, the diameter, the width, the gap, the so do do you find that having that kind of information at your disposal is helpful when you're designing? Yeah, um, it's kind of interesting actually because I've been kind of selling off my OU collection lately and like kind of slimming it down. And uh, I I think I talked to, with this about Brandon too on a call. And it's kind of weird because on one hand, I'm thinking to myself, I'm probably limiting myself as a designer. But on the other aspect, um, I kind of just try to move away from trying to use any existing games as influences. And I know like sometimes, um, like when I called Brandon and we were designing, um, we actually would really like to go to different yo-yos and say, hey, what is the future we really love about this? But um, naturally, when I started designing more and more, I realized the less yo-yos I have around me to influence me, the more I can kind of go into my own path. Uh, naturally, this does mean also that like, I'll design a bunch of stuff, I'll send it to my team, and then they have to check if it's already made somewhere. So mm -hmm. my kind of philosophy on that was that if I kind of close myself in a room, uh, and I guess kind of relating it to music is like, if you don't listen to anyone else's music for a little bit, um, you may just try to make something of your own, which might be really weird and out there. Um, and this kind of how I got on the hypothesis. Um, if you've seen the rings, they're like really weird because the way that they fold out is supposed to be an illusion to make it look like they're just glued on the end because the um, thickness on the outside and the inside is almost the same. Um, unless you physically remove it, you can actually see that the inside's quite a bit longer. Um, but I did an illusion because I was like, how cool would it look if a yo-yo just had a pure rim at the end? It wasn't just like pushed on top or pushed as an inner ring, but just like it was the rim. Um, and so like, I don't, I'm pretty sure I haven't seen a yo-yo just like that, that went into out and did that. I know some yo-yos have an outer ring that spills over like a waterfall. Um, and the thing was like, I naturally noticed that when I didn't have any other yo-yo around to influence me. I just kind of went off in my own direction. And uh, even like, I'm really hoping um, that if this stuff gets out, you'll see in like 2023, that there's some other models I'm working on, which I really haven't seen in the yo-yo scene much. And it's because I kind of just isolate myself. Um, I was able to do that. But still, when I go to DXL, when I go to yo-yo meets, even nationals, I naturally like try out a bunch of yo-yos and subconsciously I'm probably bringing those like design characteristics home in the back of my mind unknowingly. Um, so yeah, slimming down my collection, uh, to try to like reduce influence, but naturally it's probably coming back when I go out and like meet other people. So that's, that's interesting because that plays back to what I was saying of like, you can have that collector's mindset for tricks. You can also have it for the yo-yos that you collect. Yeah. And I have that same approach, but for the tricks that I develop, and it's interesting. interesting to see that you do that for designing and I don't do that for designing. I make all my designs. Like I want to capture the essence of the yo-yos that I already like um, yeah. when I'm making something, partly because it's already been play tested and I know that it's a good yo-yo. Yeah, um, realistically, that's that's the yeah. argument that like um, is the biggest reason why I'm like maybe I should look to different yo's for influences is because um, a lot of designs and things people actually say they like about these is yo-yos that I naturally find you can like trace it down to a feature in another famous yo-yo which people liked. Mm -hmm. So yeah, technically it's been tested in the market. Everyone does really like it. So I probably should venture more towards it. Um, and it's also funny that you brought the tricks actually, because I'm the opposite of tricks. I use yeah. influence for tricks and then, but not for yo-yo design. 
So the way I try to do it is, I guess, kind of like the inverse of use. It's kind of going to be interesting to see both of us grow and to see how our tricks versus our yo-yos differ. Yeah. Oh, completely. Man, uh, that, that is interesting. So, so let's, let's change up topics here. That's, that's really yeah. good. Um, I want to talk about your inspirations, both in yo-yoing. I mean, I know you mentioned Black, but also... Yeah in design if there is anybody in design who influenced you um yeah i, I um, feel like i see a little bit of something something yeah. brand in your in your branding <laughs> um but i could be wrong there yeah so um when i first began thesis we didn't really have any influencer direction um i just knew that i really wanted a minimal aesthetic and so the whole deal with thesis was that um i think our companies are already doing a great job at this by the way but I noticed that when you carry out your yo-yos in public, it wasn't really much of a like almost, and uh, I think I've talked about this before too, but it wasn't much of kind of like a apparel item or something you'd like add to your daily fit to really carry on a holster proudly and just kind of show off. So I want to create a really aesthetic looking yo-yo that not only looked good to the yo-yo community, but when other people looked at it, they'd hold it up and be like, wow, this is really cool. Um, and so you can probably notice that as like, I add in certain cuts. I really like ski jumps, which is like that little ring on the inside. And so like, I try to add in these extra things um, because a lot of people outside of viewing like these characteristics I noticed. Um, and so when we, I have those, um, they stir up conversations and naturally um, I'm like, that's the whole goal is that you bring it outside with you. It's not just a toy really, it's almost like an art piece and I'll bring up conversations. Um, and then naturally when I started, um, I think after the Serenade, um, when I moved towards Hypothesis and then the Invictus, uh, I feel like the brand that people saw most closely correlated with would be SF Yoyos, where it was kind of like that really clean, minimal branding, no real, um, like we don't use engravings much. Uh, if we do, it's really small. Uh, we don't try to like throw on many logos or anything, which might just be because I don't want to have to design logos for each Yoyo. <laughs> But like, just like a lot of that middle spraining, I actually throw a lot of respect to SF because they did a great job, I think, at kind of building that minimalist aesthetic. And so I'm just kind of almost, I guess, continuing that legacy now. Um, but yeah, I guess the other one would be maybe a little bit of Japanese yo influence. Uh, realistically, I go to every brand and instantly I'm pointing at it. And I'm like, that's Japanese influence. Because like, yo Recreation and TP set like such basically influence like the foundation of yo-yo design like modern yo-yo design going forward so whenever someone's like oh yeah this is like you totally unique totally new I'm like nah I don't I think if we go back far enough it'll come back to like yo recreation TP you could even probably go back to like some of uh yo-yo factory's early stuff um like we're seeing a lot of those superstar shapes nowadays where like it yeah. goes up and then you got like a big fat rim at the end um, so like, yeah, realistically, um, it's probably like a little touch of everything unknowingly just cause all modern yoga designs are like that. I, but, I have an yeah. exception to, to that rule you just proposed, which is always the exception. Rain city skills, <laughs> the true original. <laughs> yeah. On their, didn't they make the like trash, like the on purpose <laughs> made a yo -yo yep. to be like as terrible as possible. And it proved my favorite thing is that like, you have to try really hard to design a bad yo-yo realistically oh, yeah. it's i don't think it's difficult to design like an average yo-yo but the two ends of the spectrum a bad yo-yo and a good yo-yo 
are really difficult. And that's why I also tell people like, if you want to like design something, get a prototype made, I'd be very surprised if it was like a bad yo yo. I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to find yo yos that you like less than it just because of if, as long as like you hit like all the um, basic design aspects, like making sure again, like the bearing seats all, all good, no mess yes. up there. <laughs> um, but as long as you hit all of those, then like the yo is not like crazy sharp anywhere and can cut you, just like some basic stuff, the yo is going to be like decent. You're going to love it. Um, yeah. But yeah maybe one day I'll have to go out and be like, I'm going to design a worse yo-yo, take on Rain City and be like. <laughs> oh, I already have a design for the worst yo-yo. It is, it is design. I'm not going to talk too much about it, but it's going to be a novelty that will be actively dangerous to use. Oh my God. I, I'm going to have to try this out, Ross. I'm going to have to see how, how bad we'll get. We'll have to, we'll have to have like a panel here. I love how oh, we've, yeah. gone for, we've gone like yo-yos were trying to be like the best, and our companies are like, I think we've already hit like a peak. Let's go back. Let's <laughs> let's camera first. Let's just see how bad we can get. Um, and clearly, people love it. People buy it and are like, Yeah, we want to see how bad we can get. This isn't saying slimline yo-yos are bad, but I think that yeah. is a more like, like that's a real thing that's happened. Is people are like, All right, we've we've maximized yeah. one of yo-yos. Let's go back and see what other kinds of yo-yos have been made throughout history and yeah. modernize those now. No, um, yeah. And I think slimline is actually kind of cool too because um, I'm trying to think of any slimlines that really appeal to me. But I also um, thought that like one day I want to make an undersized slimline just because it's the easiest to throw in your pocket. Realistically, um, like any other yo-yo, and it's funny because I use really, I make really wide yo-yos nowadays, which are less pocket-friendly um but like realistically i was like i just want a pocket throw they could just kind of slip in slip out so like who knows maybe i'll have to make like an undersized little slim throw and then suddenly i'm participating in like <laughs> the new move back into like the older yo-yo shapes that would sell really good <laughs> that'd be awesome I'd, I'd love to try that more importantly than how it would sell i would love to try that um and i, I also noticed as you were talking about that functional aesthetic um like which i think that's the tagline for thesis right yeah that was the that's kind of the tagline i don't think we really communicated that as much right now we're just kind of like thesis yo-yos is thesis yo-yos buy it if you want to um but yeah that was the tagline um and we kind of threw more forward in the antithesis campaign um where we had the antithesis our first titanium yo-yo kind of like the um summit of the full thesis series the synthesis hypothesis and then finally antithesis um and so like naturally with the brand you're like let's put on a shirt and then this is the funny story behind that is like um the japanese on the shirt and we checked this with like three people so i was confident like it read functional aesthetics mm -hmm. but then a few months ago a yayer hit me up joseph uh and he's doing his own thing right now actually too it's pretty cool but he hit me up and he was like i don't know what you were trying to say here but i don't think it's meant to read functional the letter I and then like steak, functional I steak. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? It doesn't say functional aesthetics. And he's like, well, technically it's like a British pronunciation of functional aesthetics, which if you like read out phonetically, it may sound like that, but it's certainly not how I would do it. And so I'm looking back, I'm like, we made a bunch of these shirts. People are wearing them in public. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. this is pretty weird. Like, cause I wanna, I wanna go to Japan one day and visit. I'm like, if I wear the shirt, 
it'll be like if someone came to the U.S. and wore like a shirt that's like tomato soup or like something really random. <laughs> and I was like, man, I got to fix this now. So like naturally what we did, we like fixed it. And then I was like, do I want to reprint all these shirts or should I just like just not tell? I'll, I just won't tell anyone and we'll just see how it goes. And then, yeah, naturally this podcast is a big reveal, guys. This is, <laughs> this is kind of like the I guess this is not like the best PR way to do it. But yeah. Your your shirt does not say functional aesthetics. <laughs> Kill your yo-yo exclusive. <laughs> Breaking news. Tagline. Uh, you're like, guys, thesis yo-yo's owners reveals major mistake. <laughs> now. It's gonna be the the thumbnail is just gonna be you with like <laughs> giant blue tears streaming down your face and the, the TikTok crying filter. Um, It'll be like an massive scandal, guys. We got Watergate and Yo-Yo happening right now. We got <laughs> we got to talk about it. Water ice steak. Uh, so the um the thing that I was thinking when you were talking about functional aesthetic is as you were talking about it of like, oh, I want my Yo-Yos to to like go along, be a fashion accessory. I was thinking, oh, cardistry, cardistry, cardistry. <laughs> Yeah, that's totally how people talk about their their card deck. Like, I'm, I'm just thinking Chris Ramsey. Like, yeah, he, he always mentions, oh, yeah, yeah, this is like a part of my outfit. And then he, you know, goes and dresses all fancy because he's Chris Ramsey. And he's got that YouTube money. Um, yeah. But uh, he's like, oh, yeah, everybody can do this. Have all these different outfits and, and have all these million dollars of decks to to support their outfits. But anyway, um did that have any influence because i know that you were saying that you you're into cards yeah it's funny because i actually used to watch chris ramsey i think he just puzzles now like he's like he kind of switched out of puzzles um i didn't know he said that but now looking back it makes so much sense because like in his youtube videos his whole studio aesthetic is like yeah. so carefully handcrafted um but yeah naturally um there's like certain brands i think like fontaine is like the easiest to point out that they just do it really well really simple design literally just like two f's um but the aesthetic fits um I go even when I go outside sometimes I have like a deck or a yo-yo on me and um it's funny sometimes I'll just take a yo-yo in a holster um without a string and clip it on so when I'm skateboarding it's just like a fashion accessory mm-hmm. and people are like whoa is that a yo-yo I'm like yeah but I can't I can't yo-yo with it I'm sorry yeah <laughs> I didn't put the string on I forgot about that but yeah I just really think um people kind of underestimate how cool yo-yos look to other people um so much so that like yeah when you have it kind of just like off your waist it's almost kind of like how people like put on um lanyards nowadays or like their car keys just like hang it off the waist Mm -hmm. um or even like um i think like off-white did a thing where they just had like um i don't know i think it's like a keychain which was just like some piece of fabric said off-white that people just clip on now i've seen people clip on like carabiners now like I was seeing like that whole fashion trend. I was like, let's clip yo-yo holsters and yo-yos. Like they look cool, guys. You got to show them off, get conversation started. Um, and so, yeah, naturally when I was um, designing yo-yos, one of the things I focused a lot on is color palettes. I think people notice this is like every subsequent run, we've upped how many colors we've had. Like I think synthesis was like four, hypothesis eight. Um, and the, or first run, first version six, next version eight um de is like i think like 18 invictus like um 32 uh and like somebody like plotted a scale and i was like shivam at this rate by 2024 you would have had to like cover every known pantone color um and i was like okay wait we got it'll probably cap out plateau somewhere 
but it was just really funny talking to people about that. But uh, yeah, back to the holster thing. Um, a lot of the colors I select actually go well um, with a lot of outfits. And that's why I do a lot of the colors too, is because you have that choice now um, that like you can match certain yoga colors. Like I use raw a lot because I think it goes with everything. But, like sometimes I'll wear like um, like a pink shirt, black shorts. And I'm like, I think like a nice red yo-yo will go with this. So like naturally um, these colors, I'm like, they fit well with outfits. So like that color palette, it's like, selected so hopefully if like you guys can get like the colors you want or like get two or three like invictuses you should be able to color match those to your outfits and like yeah put on a nice holster high-end holster um and yeah go go outside bring up conversations people love it so tell me more about that holster like how did that come around (laughs) (laughs) so like one of the um actually i kind of want to do like a little more accessible cheaper holster but i know for um our calyxio i talked to brayden who did some videos and photography for us and he's a great guy um and he owns like a leather company so i was like hey can we um, make some really high-end holsters and um the funny thing is the holsters cost more than the invictus to make each holster yeah it was super expensive i was like i don't think i can retail a holster at like 40 to 50 dollars um so i was like you know what i'm gonna do is like i'm gonna just throw it in with the calyx um because there was just a little bit of margin on those so i'm like you know what i'm just gonna like get ceramic bearings like i'll just go the whole nine yards again i did with the antithesis too where i include a bunch of accessories so i was like i'll just take like the margin on the titanium and just get some really cool stuff that comes with it so we got those holsters and i think it looks great um for those uh that have it you guys know how much like um it's just like super sturdy super durable lasts a long time and it just looks really cool so one of my long-term goals like make a 10 to 15 dollar holster that people can buy um looks really cool clips on and they can just wear it every day because i don't think i mean you can put your yoga in your pocket but i don't think there's really like a great way to bring your yoga along without like a proper holster um and yeah sounds like something that someone who makes wide yo-yos would say (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, the melatonin is probably like more fit for the pocket. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was a whole scheme, actually. We were like, we need to sell holsters. So let's make the serenade like 50 millimeters wide. Like, it, was a, it was a five-year plot. We had the timeline built out. But yeah, hopefully... since middle school. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, hopefully we can get um, holsters. And the other thing is um, apparel, uh, like with the antithesis. Um, and naturally, I thought like antithesis um, shirts would be something people would wear out more. Um, but yeah. Kent started wearing it to the gym a lot. I gave it to some friends here in Irvine. They started wearing it. And people were like, these are cool shirts. Like, where can we get them? Um, I think it's just like, uh, it's apparently so much a brand called Essentials. Um, it's like a hypebeast brand. Um, and it's just like, they do really simple colors and it just says Essentials on top of them. So I didn't know this, but apparently we captured kind of like that vibe with it. Um, and people want it because naturally, I think essentials like $50 a shirt. And I was like, you guys can have these for like 20 bucks, 15, 20 bucks. Like just grab them. I'll, I'll like, if you come to my house and you save me the trip, they're for free. Just take them. Like, um, and one, some of my friends took this literally like a squad pulled up to my house and they're like, we're here for the shirts. And so I had to like bring out like a laundry bag and like toss it to them. But yeah, <laughs> apparel's another thing where I'm like, it's, if you can make like, the shirts and like the hats look cool 
another way to bring up conversations about yo-yoing and like I think Supremes and like other skateboard brands are a great example of this um before skateboarding was like really niche and then they started making clothing brands off it too and skateboarding actually grew of course but they started making clothing brands off skateboarding and people that didn't even like skateboarding love the brands right like so many people were thrasher supreme um so i was like Vans? maybe Vans we can yeah shoes. yeah exactly but like i'm i'm pretty sure if you take like a customer segment and ask like how many people actually skate i think like two to three out of ten people would actually oh, yeah. skate consistently but i was like can we bring that to you and can we do something where, like the apparel is just like super cool that it'll start the conversation um and so like yeah i'm right now we have like hats that like I think I spent way too much time on these hats. Like I was talking to the team. I was like pointing with different manufacturers. I was like, we got to get some cool hats out. Um, so yeah, hopefully like um, you guys can see like in the fall, we'll have some new merch out just so that you guys can sport it. Um, and then, yeah, again, whole theme is like trying to start the conversation around Yo-Yo and get people like into that conversation that Yo-Yo's are really cool. You guys should uh, pick it up. So I've heard you mention your team a few times. Could you tell me about who they are? Um yeah the whole uh, <laughs> yeah the whole deep spot uh first you got kent um i think he was, he was kind of like the first joiner stories really interesting is that like i didn't know of him and he won a yo-yo pick, uh pickup line contest um in which yeah we actually just again uh, a few months ago for valentine's but 2021 valentine's we were like what's a cool giveaway we can do in february i'm like valentine's would be that would be the move uh, so we are like, what's your best pickup line? And I think he had a Lightning McQueen one. Um, I can't remember. It was really good. And he had like a, a Lightning Yodo. McQueen yo-yo pickup line? Yeah, it was, I don't think it was yo-yo, but it was like a Lightning <laughs> oh, okay. one. Um, but I remember the Yoda one because he was like, are you like, this isn't right. This is Butcher. But he's like, are you um, a green goblin? Because Yoda won for me. That was the first part was definitely, I don't think he called someone a green goblin, but that was, um, he did like a really funny pickup line and he won it and he got a hypothesis V2. And then like two months later, uh, Jordan from OPO sent me up and he was like, uh, you, could, you should meet this guy, Kent. And I'm like, I know the name. I've heard the name before. And the conversation, again, we just started talking there and it was like, this is a really cool dude. Um, he was big into yo-yoing uh like a decade ago so he was familiar familiar with the scene um he actually shared my vision for that aesthetic which was really key because um i wanted like another yo-yo which i could like talk back and forth with and so like even with antithesis shirts um he designed those like i said like i want anti in brackets japanese underneath it and then he was like yeah let's do like a nice simple helvetica font like we just like he's like we'll place them up here so he was a big influence on those shirts and like um, helping design like that initial push into apparel. So yeah, that was Ken. Next up, we got um, Joe from Europe. Um, really cool dude. And again, like the story is really interesting with all these people. And like, yeah, if you're a company owner, an aspiring company owner, like just go out and talk to people because you're going to find underrated people. And that's like one of the biggest thing that's like with thesis at least. Um, I don't really look for like the most competitive player necessarily. I just like look for the one that's going to um, benefit the team. And there's so many hidden talents. Like Kent, again, really good with graphic design. And um, again, he has like that vision for like apparel. Next up, we got Joe. One he helped. You got to repeat what you just said, because people who think that they need to be winning contests to get sponsored. Yeah. You need to hear that, <laughs> that 
That no, is true. And if you win everything, you'll get sponsored by a yo-yo factory. Um, yeah, I was I was on that same thing. I actually wrote my college essay about this where like I spent one year trying to learn tricks. And that was like my goal. It's like if I just become the best yo-yo or if I placed one at a contest, like suddenly companies are going to pick me up. But like, it's just not that. The reality is companies want someone that can like bring value to them and value comes in so many ways. I think like half the team at Thesis is photography and like videography. And it's because like naturally uh, companies want content. They want to post a lot. And all these photographers are amazing. Like I think you notice if you go down the thesis like Instagram grid and scroll down, um, the pictures are very carefully selected. Um, they're just, in my opinion, I think like our photo game is just like perfect. Like I'm, I'm very proud of that because I was like, I work a lot with these photographers um, which are just, again, like super unappreciated um, because not a lot of people necessarily think to look there. But I just kind of want to be like, hey, guys, just so you know, like these people, these are the ones you should be sponsoring. And now other companies um, are also like, yeah, going to like these alternate sponsors. I think G2 Jake sponsoring Nate was a great example of like yeah. Jake seeing a guy that's focusing on YouTube, building his Instagram up. And like, again, biggest thing is consistency. I tell us everyone when um, I'm like first giving them that offer that like, I don't really care that like, if like, you're not the best in certain in anything or like, I don't really care. Like if you, um, like fall behind at anything, just make sure you're a communicating with me just so like, we have a really clear idea of like what's going on and you're trying, like you're trying to be consistent and you're not really just kind of like, I don't say swear, but you're not like just half doing it, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's one of the biggest conversations I had. And so if you guys are trying to be sponsored, just be consistent and start putting out content, start finding a skill. It doesn't even have to be AOing. And naturally a company's gonna wanna pick you up. You guys have lots of hidden talents, which I'm sure would blow up if um, if you just give it a bit of time. Just like, I, I just literally wanna take this opportunity to plug something. I'm looking for someone who's really good at 3D rendering because I just, I have this vision of like not doing photography, but instead doing kind of what Apple does of like, having oh, like, this, like yeah. rendered stuff because then you can do anything a photograph you can only take around where you live but a render you could put literally anywhere and you're just limited by your imagination so if anybody is really good at that hit me up and there's a very likely link sponsorship in your future <laughs> so like literally Rosling job me. offers and like <laughs> Rosling, like a linkedin post in the middle of this yeah oh my god but no guys yeah for real like literally right i think it was a great example actually the 3d render thing because like most i don't think i've ever talked to someone who would think naturally like oh if i'm like really good at rendering i'm gonna get sponsorship but yeah, yeah. these are like hidden talents that company owners want and i actually think company owners need to communicate this better too like i think i'm at fault for this too uh that they need to tell people like hey you don't need to just like be really good yeah and you can do other stuff too because then naturally it'll stop kind of like it's not, I don't think it's like a rat race, but like, if it were, it's just like people trying to like one up each other, do like a 4.0, 4.5, 5.0. But I'm like, no, you can, there's other routes to go about this. Um, oh, sorry. I want to, we went off on the tangent, but I forgot the team, forgot like the other players. Yeah. But yeah, so Kent, Joe, um, then we got uh, Eugene. He's from Canada. Um, I really saw a dude. It's funny is um, with a consistency comment, uh, he was posting like, once a month before and I was like can we get this consistency up 
and we just start talking back and forth. And he posts so much now, I cannot keep track of it. It's like multiple posts a day. And I was like, so proud. I was like, dude, I want to, I'm going to send him more stuff now just to show him like, yo, the fact that you listened to me and did this, like, I'm extremely grateful. So like, yeah, in our tip, you guys are sponsored and you guys like pull that sort of thing where like a company is like asking, like if you do a little more and you just come running out there, like realistically, you're going to get rewarded. They're going to be happy. They're going to love it. You're going to grow. So like, yeah, that was a great moment that I just love to share. Um, and then naturally, uh, next up, we also got Ryan, you know, Ryan, he's in DXL. Uh, I call him like a, an alternate God in the fact that like his yo-yoing style is so unique that I can't even describe it when people I've had someone ask, like, what do you think of like each person's yo-yoing style? And when I get to Ryan, I'm like, I gotta show you a video, bro. This is <laughs> imagine like taking as many strings as possible and then switching the plane the yo-yo goes on a few times. I'm like, this dude, he is not of earth when you talk about like his yo-yoing style. It's so out there. He he plays with the yo-yo like it's some completely different toy. Like, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> and I love that though, is that like he yeah. took a yo-yo and then, and I think you kind of do this too um, with your, I believe it's poi, you said. Mm-hmm. Um, we're like taking a non-yo-yo object and uh or sorry taking a yo-yo and treating it like a non-yo-yo object opens up this whole new line for creativity and uh i think we've seen that there's like some other yo-yo styles which i think i'm just not familiar with them but like that also try to do this where they take like yo-yos and they're like what if we did this with it and i just think that's where innovation would kind of just bring some fresh yo-yo tricks to the scene um but anyways the only person i can think of who's similar to ryan is um is Ricardo Freolini. Um, oh, yeah. He has a really cool bind, which um, I've been trying to learn that for years, man. Um, he had like a video with the manatee, I think. And I was like, this bind is not physically possible. The momentum yeah. he did in the yo-yo is not there. Like, I'll have to like, I'll definitely have to like find it now after this. And then again, spend two hours attempting it just to like be like, all right, tomorrow we try again. <laughs> Completely. But, He's so good, but yeah. Oh, and uh, um, Luna is another person who has one of those styles. But oh yeah. Just for people to to consider. But also look up Ryan TG on Instagram. He's, he's there's a, there's there's so many years that like I think when you start looking at them, you realize like those Nanya influences coming in, and it's just great. I I love it. Um, and then yeah, next I actually even mentioned this person, but Jordan from OP Yoyos. We we troll each other so much that um everyone that I think it's so funny story that. We started off just roasting each other in discords and like chats. We were like, oh my God, I've never met such a bad design. Like just like all this fun back and forth banter. Mm-hmm. And eventually I was like, I'm just gonna sponsor this dude. I'm like, screw <laughs> it. I am adding him to my team. And um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was just like, it was such a weird move looking back that it was like a guy that was roasting me all the time. And I was like, let's just team up bro this is this can work out to something nice so yeah we he went ahead and joined the team and uh yeah love him well um we make fun of his british accent sometimes i'm like we're like would you like to eat crumpets today you're like um but yeah super excited um for him and uh last person is ogi uh this is probably the closest we have to a like actual competitor because like naturally like i said um we don't look for competitors necessarily but they, um, my whole team was like, we need somebody to compete with our yo-yos. I'm like, okay. Uh, so Joe went ahead and reached out to Ogie and he's like one of the Slusny boys, like one of those 
amazing yeah he was like hangs out slesney and it's just like really good so yeah he was kind of our first venture into like i guess a competition scene and getting like a nice player that can i guess like place with her yo-yos and you'll see that in like the next few months too that yo-yo designs are much more competition oriented now um like they still fit the aesthetic they're still fun to use but we definitely have models that like push more towards being viable for competition so like serenade de capo great but like they're a little hard to use for competition so we gotta we gotta put something that our players can use um and then i think shout out to i consider him team but he's not posted but um charles uh, is instagram's throwers gallery um he's also on i i consider him like probably like one of my closest team members he's like the legendary photographer um so like i consider him like just beyond team like we're such good friends um yeah i don't think i posted him yet but like yeah we're he's definitely like up there with the team and then um yeah we got it we got a great team there uh that's just really excited to grow get and get some more new players and so yeah guys like ross we're throwing it we're gonna throw out a we're gonna throw out a little job offer there a LinkedIn. <laughs> You guys want to go ahead and uh, and I get these DMs all the time. I know some companies are like, ah, I see like the inbox with um, people saying, hey, can you sponsor me? What do I need to do to be sponsored? But I love that. Like when people DM me and they start talking about sponsorships, um, I prefer a little more than just like, can you sponsor me? Like maybe a little more asking about like, hey, I'm interested in your brand or like <laughs> a little bit more than just that. But I love those conversations because A, um, I can actually express what I'm looking for if people really want to target these specifically. And then on top of that, I just think it's inspirational, you know, like you see yourself as like a kid looking back and being like, I want to join a brand. I want to like be sponsored. Yeah. But oh, yeah. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, when you when you do sponsor somebody, I haven't announced these yet, but I sponsored two people like getting their um, just like here, seeing them react to it is always so, so good. Of like, oh, 100 <laughs> percent. So I think good. I think the kind of um, announcement, because we have a team chat. So whenever I add them in, it, I just love it when the whole team jumps in like with warm hellos. And within a month, they're like perfectly integrated and they're just comfortable like talking and stuff like that. So I just love the fact that um, my like thesis team is really good at like getting people into the team and making them feel comfortable, making them feel like, hey, this is like a, this is a team that I love. Yeah, absolutely. Man, that's awesome. So it seems like, I mean, you're, you're so smart. You're really good at what you do. Why just yo-yos? Like why, why did you go with yo-yos of all the things? Like you could be a, a fashion designer. You could be uh, working for some other company in their marketing department or something. Why, why'd you go with yo-yos? Yeah, it's, it's fine. Uh, Cause someone asked me this too. We're like, if you weren't into yo-yoing or like the yo-yo business, what would you do? And I was like, probably another hobby i just have this really deep love for communities um so like kadama like if it wasn't here you might be kandama um cardistry like i actually designed a deck of cards but just never made it um but like yeah it's just like when you have these community-based businesses um i like them a lot more because you can connect to customers um the change you want to implement is a lot more visible like if i just try to and i think like when i'm going to berkeley i hear everyone just talking like startup startup but i'm like if you want to break into like an, a giant market like agriculture, that's really hard to make a change. But like in yo-yoing, it's a lot easier because like it's a small space. 
So realistically, you don't have to be really big to do something. So like, yeah, for anyone that like, you don't have to be a company owner, you can be like a yayor, but like, because we're such a close-knit community, I think like going to like, this is just for everyone, um, like you can like effectively implement a good amount of change, just like as an individual. And so that aspect is something that I really like about yo-yoing. Um, and so I think I just kind of luck that between all my hobbies, yo-yoing resonated with me the most. And um, just like a uh, right time sort of thing that I learned design. I was like, let's go for it. Let's, uh, let's make a yayo. Because yeah, as, as you know, I'm into um, cardistry a lot too. Um, I love magic, cardistry, origami, just like all these other things. But yeah, yayoing resonated. <laughs> Man, how... How were we not hanging out? Well, I was like, <laughs> when you were going to Yale. That's why. Oh, damn. I wish, I wish I would have been around for DXL for more. Um, but cool. Uh, oh, damn. Now you're going to college. In two Don't years, worry. We'll, 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 we'll hang out. And if you're also, in the Bay Area, hit me up. Oh, we'll do we'll something. Yeah, I, I might be up there soon. Um, also, we should we should make those those cards that you designed. Let's, <laughs> let's do a on them. If thesis, if thesis grows enough, because the biggest thing with cards is like um, the MOQ, the minimum order quantity is really high for them. So like naturally you want to make it the US playing card company. Um, I think there's like a Taiwanese company that like this is the only other option, but I'm like, I can't do any other stock beside US playing cards. Um, and like, yeah, you need to make, yeah, you need to make a lot of them like for your order. So I was like, I think I'm going to grow thesis a little bit more. And then, yeah, I want to, I want to go for it. Maybe one day I'll be like, Hey guys, we're doing a deck of cards. And I was like, here's a Kickstarter. If you want to support it, I'd really love it. And uh, yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah. We'll definitely talk more about cards. Um, I'll I say my number. Out of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like the card addiction is really, if you guys think you and collecting is bad cardistry. Oh my God. I have like a brick of cards that like is unopened. And it's like with yo-yo, you can hold the yo-yo, right? So look at it. But when you remove that cellophane off the cards, you're like, there is no going back. You've you jumped off the cliff. There's you've you've committed the like some people are like, oh my god, you've opened them. How dare you? But I was like, yeah, yeah no, cardistry, my collection, my collecting and everything's bad. I'm a hoarder, guys. It's so it's bad. I got lucky on that. I was into magic way before cardistry got huge and so yeah. collecting decks wasn't really a thing so yeah. i'm addicted to just the standard red bicycles so i'll buy these by the break and they're only like four dollars each and yeah. so uh and then i'll just use them until they die but magic books those i that is where my <laughs> uh collecting problem shows and it's the same deal but as soon as you take that cellophane off uh it's it's now gone down in price and then also yeah. there's always a new one coming out by some new magician who's released his new effect that you just have to have so yeah i didn't even know how expensive magic tricks were until i went um i was into like i think his name's 52k um yeah and i started looking at it and i was like ooh um there's like a money trick where you take like ones flip them over and they turn to hundreds or something um and i was like i want to learn this trick and i was like a hundred dollars i'm like Nah, I'm like, <laughs> I don't think I want to spend a hundred dollars before you buy the, um, the, the, the actual hundreds that you need to do it with. Oh my God. <laughs> there's, there's a, yeah, there's clearly quite a bit more cost associated, but, um, oh, regarding the bicycle point. Yeah. Uh, what's really interesting. I wonder if Yang is going to do this is that there's functionally no difference in performance for car decks. 
like a bicycle deck of cards and there's i think there's bicycle bumble and there might be one other stock just like on how thin they're cut um but like functionally that versus a fontaine deck versus like a virtuoso deck like they're functionally going to play the same and so it's interesting that like cardistry just evolved to focusing so much on the design and aesthetic that like i wonder if yo-yoing is going to go kind of like to that point where almost every and i think it's kind of working there already where almost every yo-yo design is covered so like naturally where you go next is just like the look of it the aesthetic of yeah. it and uh, well, i think that, <laughs> i like to think of it sort of like cars that there's gonna be yeah. you know hyundai has their hatchback and their suv yeah. and their sedan and honda has their hatchback and their suv and their sedan and it's just which manufacturer do you go with uh like okay i'm gonna get the the h shape from and the 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 organic and the undersized from thesis or i'm gonna get the h shape and the undersized and the organic from uh coiw like i think that's sort of where it's headed and kind of where it is starting to settle um, yeah into that's like a good comparison yeah yeah definitely and then you have of course like the anos that go crazy on the yes. videos like car wraps absolutely like blowing the scene up with them like swirls and all this cool stuff oh, yeah. um but yeah that's a good analogy i'm trying to think is like made me realize that i i gotta put out organic i've been talking about this for so long design's been sitting on my computer for like 20 since 2018 and it just like i shamefully opened up fusion 360 to design a different yo-yo and i just see it and i'm like man i get asked like once a month by some random dude like is an organic coming and i'm like i always say yeah but i don't tell them when so like now i've like stuck to like 2023 i gotta do an organic it just has to be done now it's out for the public record yeah you guys know now you guys know there's probably gonna be an organic in 2023 good 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 <laughs> man so um i think we talked about these two things Oh, this was a, a good story. Where did you get the seed capital when you first made uh, your first run of yo-yos? Yeah, so um, I actually had been like, so first step like birthday money and stuff that used for buying uh, yo-yos just to kind of make a collection. And I think I had like 20, 25 years maybe when I um, went around to make a synthesis. And so I just kind of went into that moment where I was like, all right, this is going to cost like, I think it was like $1,500 all in all. And actually, I, I was a first year in high school, uh, freshman, uh, you don't have that money usually as a freshman. <laughs> and you can't really like, I was like, well, I can't work a job right now, because I'm too young. And like, if I were kind of like a, like a lawn mowing or something like that, I'm like, it'll take this many hours. This many. I did the math. And I was like, no, I got to do it now. So I just kind of sold off a lot of my yoga collection. I just kind of like, Pretty much, I think I only had a few years remaining after that, which honestly, that was the start to the end of the addiction. I could have just been you know, finished selling my yoga collection and like, I don't need anymore. I'll just focus <laughs> on my own yoga companies. But of course, after like I saw the synthesis, I'm like, well, I want to buy back some of my yoyos now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I sold off my yoga collection and um, that's what funded the first run. So technically, I guess like thanks to like the BST, you guys made it happen. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> that's cool i mean there's always a, a market for <laughs> for secondhand yo-yos yeah yep. <laughs> uh it's also crazy if you it, it it amazes me how often people will post on the bst of like i have medical bills that i can't pay so yeah. here's my here's some yo-yos and just yeah. how 
like that genuinely helps people to uh to 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 get through hard times and typically those posts sell faster like yeah um, no your community has a lot of empathy when it comes to posts and i try to like i think um i was talking to someone else about this earlier but i was like when you sell it just give them a reason because like I think it's even funny just to say I want a new yo-yo. I think it's just like just be honest, yeah. just tell them like, yeah, I'm gonna be honest, guys. I need the new yo-yo. But like a lot of people, when you see them sell like a lot of yo-yos at once, there's always a reason. I'm like, if you just tell people, like, I'd be more willing to buy a yo-yo um, from you than a retailer, knowing that at least my money's gonna help you in some way. And I actually think um, buying a yo. So some people have like this gripe with like buying a yo-yo. And then knowing that if they resell it on the BST, it'll lose like 10, 20, 30% of its value. But I look at it as like, same as kind of like renting a yo-yo, almost like you owned it for like six, seven months. So like, if you buy a hundred dollar buy metal, right? You get to play with it for six, seven months. And then you get stuff for like 70, $80. I'm like, for $30, you get a year of fun with this toy. I'm like, that's a great deal. And now it gets passed on to someone else. So I actually love the fact that like you can buy a yo-yo and then when well, you sell it for a little bit cheaper, but to you, you got to use it for a while and then somebody else gets it at a bargain. And so like, it's just this continuous cycle of just like everyone getting to almost share the yo-yo. Yeah, that it's, it's <laughs> all, you, you can, uh, oh God, I forget my, <laughs> my economics classes. You can take that cost and you can, you know, spread it out over a few years. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you're, you're never just buying the thing and that chunk is now gone to the universe. You now have an asset that you can sell later on. Um, yeah, it's like you look at you know, collecting and it's like, that'd be super funny if you want the way of Lego, set, the way of Lego sets. Because I think there was like a news thing where they said Lego sets beat the market in like investment returns. And like when I read the story, I turned to my parents and I was like, this is why I bought, like, I just gaslit them. I was like, no, I didn't buy them to build them and play with them. I bought them years ago, knowing that I would beat the market. <laughs> um, I was like, yeah, I'm Warren Buffett guys. But um, yeah, it was super funny. Cause I, I had like a Lego figure I picked up and it was worth like $80. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I was like this thing. I was like, I'm not gonna lie. I probably have lost way more figures that like, I probably should have kept, but um, it was funny. Cause someone was like, maybe Yo-Yang is going to be like that. And I was like, I there's some companies like H spin and stuff that have kind of like that appeal but I'm like anti-yo I think is another one like they've got like I love that, yo-yo um, yeah like those older brands but I was realistically thinking I was like naturally I'm like I don't think it's gonna go the same way necessarily um unless like in 10 years from now like 20 30 million people join yo-yoing and suddenly there's like this huge influx of people that want those older models but I was like just play with your yo now don't buy it to like hold on to it just like trust me if you're if you're buying it just to wait like 10 years down the line i'm like it's not not nothing's gonna happen just like play with it right now if yo-yoing does go that way there's <laughs> one man who will be richer than all of us and it is Yoshimoto. <laughs> yeah no hans will retire he could just retire at that moment he'll just be like guys i've uh, sold a collection um for more than yo-yo factory's worth at this point <laughs> But yeah, I like just in case, I actually keep one of every thesis yo-yo and just for like something call, I call the thesis museum. So one of every colorway in each model. Um, and I was like, who knows? For me personally, just like memorabilia, just to look back on when I'm like older as like, hey kids, just to let you know, I like did this, like your dad did this when um, he was a kid. Mm -hmm. um, but like, I was like, who knows? 
maybe in 20 years, everyone's going to look back at thesis and be like, oh, I want like a thesis model, like an H-spin or something. And I'd be like, we have a full collection, one of everything, if you want it. And I'll be like, this will be my college kids tuition, but probably not. I'll probably just be like a plasma TV. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever the technology is. There. Yeah, whatever it'll be now. It'll just be like the new, like, um, like the new goggles, whatever. <laughs> Do you ever wonder if like 30 years in the future, we're going to look back and be like, oh, that was that dumb thing I did when I was a kid. <laughs> like, like you'll have that connection, that collection sitting in a corner of your house and your future spouse is going to be like, when are you going to move this? Like, get the shit out of here. No, yeah, I definitely think like, um, I don't think I'll ever be at a point in my life without a yo-yo. And I say this like, not I'm going to be yoing my whole life. I think like, even like, yeah, again, when I'm like 40, 50, when I'm retired, if the earth's ending, I'll probably have like a yo-yo next to me or like on a shelf somewhere just because it's like at this point, I think it's cemented enough time in my life where like I think it justifiably deserves to like be on that mantle. Like I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell her, I'm like, you know, the guests may be coming over, but this yo-yo, it will stay here collecting dust if it needs to. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I think I think it's much better. Like looking back, I think it's like everyone wants like a quirky story about when they're young. And I think it's perfect. I actually think yo-yo yo-yoing is one of the best openers when you're talking to new people. Yeah. Um, Cause like whenever I'm like, yeah, usually the biggest thing is like when you're starting a new conversation or meeting people, um, you want to say something interesting about yourself. And I always thought yo-yoing was like really nerdy. I'm like, I don't want to mention it. Uh, but right when I mention it, 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 there's like a light bulb that goes off. They're like, what does it even mean? Like 40 questions fall. Like, what is yo-yoing? Like, what do you mean? Like, can you show me a trick? And so like, naturally, I think it's probably one of the best hobbies you can have as like yeah. someone that like, at least when you're like young and stuff, I think it's one of the coolest hobbies you can have. Especially when you keep the strings on your yo-yos. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, guys, don't go out without strings on your yo-yos. <laughs> a conversation to end after the question goes, can you show me a yo-yo trick? <laughs> Man, that'd be so funny if someone came up to you, you have a decapo with no string. And they go, yeah, do the like, DNA. <laughs> and you go, I yeah, can't for two reasons. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do the DNA, the new walk the dog. Uh, yeah. I'm actually like, I think it's a lot of people like the DNA, like is a little cringe now or something. But I'm like, nah, I'm like, realistically, if you gave me the choice between DNA and walk the dog, I'm 100% going to choose the trick that does not leave my yo-yo completely beaten up at the rings. Oh, yeah. Like, it's funny because I'll do it walk the dog with the titanium yo-yo but not with an aluminum and it's just because when you walk the dog with the titanium like of course mine are being up already they'll spark but my aluminum yo-yos are actually in like pretty decent condition and yeah once you see that anno get scratched off once you see that mass shift around i'm like a i might have to sand this off when i get home and b i'm like this looks so beaten up now for a trick that was not at all like cool i don't i was like i don't think that cool trick was really worth it but now the dna that's our loophole now we're like cooler trick no damage to the yo-yo and you can do it with other people too hop it on their finger whip the slack into the gap and yeah i have not thought about that that is that is great so, yeah i think i don't know if brandon did it he had like a pickup line video but i was like that's such a cool opener just be yo-yoing and be like hey let me do it on your finger and just like bind it and then while it's binding be like give me your number I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, while it's binding you sneak into their pocket that it's on that You're side like, of their your hand yeah your hands are already busy so like what are you gonna do uh, like yeah, yeah. i'm gonna <laughs> grab your phone i'm gonna put my number into it put it back into your pocket uh 
This but, is yeah. not an encouragement to actually go do that. Uh, <laughs> Got to put the disclaimer on, guys. <laughs> no um, liability will be traced back to Elinx. <laughs> yes. Um, I am not responsible for your stupid decision. Uh, so uh, that, that reminded me, not that, but earlier, reminded me of a story. My uncle um, came over. I had one... Uh, I, I made the Freak mod with Coffin Nakmar. I don't know... If, people listening might know that um there was a remake of the rec rev uh freak wave and we called it the freak mod and i had one of the prototypes and that was the only one i ever got of that yo-yo because i did all the design and coffin did all the producing and yeah um so i only had one single prototype and i was protecting it so much and it was like in my studio and it was all i was filming with for a while my uncle comes over one day and he's just like looking through my stuff and i I turn, I'm like pretty far away in my backyard and he's on concrete doing walk the dog with oh, my, my. <laughs> my only one. So yeah, no, I feel I've had, um, I went to a party and I gave my yo-yo to someone and like, naturally, I think this is unsettable. If you ever hand your yo-yo to someone else, you cannot hand it off to them and not expect it. Like even experienced yeah. yo-yoers, I'm like, once you hand it over, you cannot complain if they didn't get like you, yeah. you definitely need to like understand that going in. Cause I've seen this happen on like contests where someone dings a yo-yo and then awkwardly, awkwardly, they're like, what do we do now? Um, but I'm like, no, you need to like, you should be okay with it. But um, yeah, I went to a party and I gave it to a guy and it was actually the Invictus I carry with me every day. It's this um, like copper and half raw one, which is also like the rarest color. So I don't have any in stock to replace this. And right when he throws it, it hits the concrete like it smashes it so hard and like I don't care really that much but the damage was so much that like all my friends looked at me and they're like this dude just destroyed Ryo and I'm like it's fine and so I see him wind it back up and then he does the same thing again like oh. it did not adjust it was so funny because I was like okay just like hold your elbow up a little higher and he's like okay and then he, did, he hit it again and at that point he was like I'm gonna I'm just going to hand it back to you now. I was like, that's fine. It's okay. I was like, it's okay. Don't worry about it. But I just found it super funny. that I was like, this dude, like I'd handed it to so many people before him. And like the damage this dude did on the Invictus was probably more than the combined damage of every other person picking up the yo-yo. And I was like, this is hilarious. I, I just found that moment. So like comical. I was like, this is, you could not ask for something funnier to happen in real life. He, he won the damage competition. Yeah, no, I was like, if I ever need to um, kind of just like test the tensile strength of a yo-yo, I have your number. I'll just invite you over and go crazy, my guy. That actually reminds me of the way that you test. So you do kind of damage <laughs> testing on your yo-yos. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So like, I think with plastic is, it's like the most important. Because um, like with aluminum yo-yos, generally, as long as you don't make the walls paper thin, um, they should be okay. But just in case, you should still take, if you have a prototype, um you're gonna get like five protos set one of them aside and then yeah ding it give it a few dings see how that affects it um especially like again with bimetals and plastics bimetals you want to see the ring shift um because certain designs and um i always look at it as kind of like look at where the peak diameter is of the yo-yo when you look at the profile like where the highest point is on that um shape and when the yo-yo contacts it there how does it shift the ring and i think the story with the outlier one is super important because the outlier one was pressed in from the gap side instead of the rim side or the cup side. Um, and so 
because it's pushed on from the gap side, when you ding it, it pushes it further away from the gap. And so it slips off. Whereas rings put on from the cup side, when they hit the ground, usually from most angles, they get pushed deeper into the press fit they already have. And I think designers are going to understand this conceptually a lot, but like that was a really important aspect, um, which if you design a ring pushed in from the gap side, um, that ding test is important to see how the ring shifts, how it introduces vibe. And so like with the hypothesis, I ding the first proto like a hundred times to make sure like that that extreme ring design wouldn't introduce a lot of issues because you're going to ding a yo-yo naturally. You don't want someone to ding a yo-yo and then have their experience ruined. And so, yeah, if you guys don't want to do like a lot of math calculations and you want to have fun with it, take your prototype, go outside on some solid concrete and just ding it as many times as you can. I think, I, I think this strategy is probably the most fun way to check that your yo-yo design is uh, valid for production. I... I work currently, I just got a different job. I work in a government contractor making satellites and yeah. every part that goes on that goes through a process, very technical process called destructive physical analysis. Yeah. And so if it's good enough for, <laughs> for government satellites, it's good enough for the yoga community too. destructive physical exactly. analysis. If you call it that it's fancy, it's cool. It's engineering. It's not just taking a yo-yo and throwing it on the ground. <laughs> Yeah, like honestly, um, definitely, yeah, definitely get, we gotta, we gotta coin more R&D terms um, in the, like, instead of just saying like, yeah, guys, I was just playing with it to see how it um, performs and stuff. You could be like, we were testing the capabilities and limits of the performance when it was pushed to certain speeds. I'm just like, all we got all this technical talk into like the R and D section of yo-yoing. Oh, completely. We gotta we gotta build up our own jargon. I mean, if you look yeah. at the, the yo-yo expert descriptions of all these products, it's funny because they're all the same thing. Like we were saying, every yo-yo, you, it, it's it's almost hard to make a bad yo-yo, and they're all like. Oh, the the spin diameter is is just so that the that the which I'm partly making fun of this, and I know that you literally, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you I mean your your latest design actually has I mean it's more for aesthetic purposes, but that inner ring that you included, um, yeah. Oh, could you talk about how you include that for talent grinds actually? Oh or yeah, totally so, roast uh, descriptions of yoga. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So yeah, this podcast actually is perfectly timed. I was, I was talking to Ross about this. We actually pushed like a week back just so I could get the Paladin post out. Um, that's a little background. That's a collab between Two Stick and Thesis. And so um, with that design, what you're going to notice is that on the inside, um, halfway through the wall, it pushes out a little bit, almost like another ring. And so the reason was that for that was we had a inner um, stainless steel ring that curved out like the hypothesis. And I didn't want people to have to talent grind on that ring because it feels really weird to talent grind against stainless steel. Um, so we added another ring that was aluminum, um, part of the aluminum body, so people could talent grind there. And so um, this kind of goes with the functional aesthetic thing. Like on the aesthetic side, I was like, this looks way cooler than just a straight hub and then like linear wall that could just go straight up with no curves or anything. Um, and then again, it has that functional aspect too. Mm -hmm. And yeah, kind of like what you said with the Invictus is like when I design, I know other designers kind of have like an idea of how they want to play and then design it. I have an idea of what I want to look like and the aesthetic. 
And then naturally, um, once I have like that shape and look, I just like then add some finishing details and adjust some things to get the play I want. Um, Cause yeah, do, I don't do you think- start, Do you start from the aesthetic and then build in the function? Yeah. I always just, start from the function and build over to this. Like I figure out how do I make this function look good? That's always yeah. my aim. Which is really funny because like that's actually how a lot of designers do it and i think um from a kind of i guess like pragmatic standpoint it does make more sense to do it that way mm -hmm. but when i was designing i just realized um there's no such thing as like a good ea design it's more of a subjective like it just fits with certain people right some people actually want more center weight some people want more rim weight some people want like a wall weight where they just want thick walls right in the middle so i was like I'm designing, I'm not really designing a yo-yo that's supposed to be necessarily good. It's just going to fit certain people. And um, so what I end up doing is I go in with the idea of how I want to look in the lineup next to other thesis models, how I want to stand out in a collection. And this is like one of the tests I do is like, if I put a thesis yo-yo in like a bag, a case, can someone spot it and recognize it immediately? I think that sort of brand recognition is super important. And so that's why when I go in, I go in with that aesthetic look and then the design just naturally comes afterward. Um, and then I think that's probably why I'm probably have to spend more time on prototyping um, because once you, if you do the aesthetic first and then design, naturally um, it's going to be a little bit harder if you're trying to go for a certain play feel because that, that can kind of constrain you um, and limit what you can do if you want to go for a certain aesthetic look. But yeah, it's funny because um, Brandon and I, spent like hours on just designing the hub for the omni only for him to be like can we just like put a simple hub on it what's funny is like the production run didn't even have the original hub which we spent hours on um just because we we're like we don't need to do this we can just put a simple hub like for the invictus for example i spent hours designing that cup look um just because yeah. again i wanted to be like hey you plot a case instantly spot it right just have like some aspects of it which stick out are unique and they look cool it's it's funny because we're talking about how easy it is to design a yo-yo but also and both of us i know have had this experience of <laughs> i want to get this just right and so you spend like so long on this one tiny tiny detail that no one's ever going to notice no yeah D designers guys are usually perfectionist. I haven't met a designer that can just like simply make a model in an hour and then send it off. No, they, they make it, they remake it. They go to sleep, wake up the next morning and just stare. They may not even make changes. They may just stare at it. Um, and so, yeah, cause once you send, once you hit that send button on that email to your manufacturer, once you forward that file, like you have to be pretty content with it. And most designers do not reach that point without like at least like a few weeks of just like going over and over on um, that design. And like, that's why, that's why yo-yos take a long time to come out guys. It's not just manufacturing. It's these designers. They're perfectionists. <laughs> Dumbass designers. <laughs> Us. <laughs> um. well, I, but like, it's, it's actually kind of interesting. Cause um, I was talking to um, Brandon about this and yeah, from like, if you look at a lot of the designers, uh, and this is actually to like people in general, like I think you guys should pick up designing because Brandon, he doesn't design right now, but I keep on pushing him like, bro, you gotta learn designing because most of you can probably pick up designing in a day. I think realistically, if you can 
like just go look up the tutorials for like Fusion 360, you'll understand how to design. I, that doesn't mean you're gonna be able to make like the best studio in the world right off the bat. That comes from intuition. But a lot of you guys already have some of the intuition building up, right? You guys can communicate like what aspects of video you like. And Ross talked about this. Like he knows like what um, portions of the design he really likes. And he likes to integrate that into his design. So like you guys are almost designers practically. You guys are almost yeah. there. You, you mentioned an int interesting thing when we were talking. Um, yeah. Which or not today, but yesterday uh, <laughs> that a good designer should be a good player and like good players yeah. make good designers could you talk a little bit about that yeah it's gonna be like a, almost like a hot take everyone's gonna be like oh so company people company owners and designers now have to be like competitors but no um i view it as kind of like when you're a better player you're gonna notice these little nuances and these really microscopic details and like niche details of the yo-yo which you would not notice if you did not push yourself as much like if you're doing really heavy slack tricks, right? And you mess up in the middle, you can identify, hey, it might just be you. We can also look at the yo-yo and be like, what made me mess up here? Is there an aspect of the yo-yo I can change that would help me here? And so when you have, and there's actually like, like Jeffrey Pang, Tyler Shea, there are designers that are such good players that you can see in their work. You can see it that the yo-yo plays amazing because they've been able to kind of play with it in a certain way where they know what needs to be put in that yo-yo to make it a really good year in terms of performance. Um, and I think like the sky was a great example of this in that the finger spin hub, amazing. I absolutely love the finger spin hub on it. And um, yeah, Jeffrey Pang probably finger, like finger spin is getting popular on that. So he's probably just finger spinning a lot. And he's like, what type of hub do I make? That would be perfect for this. And he introduced like a slight locking mechanism in which right after you angle into the hub, it like is hard to move out of it. And so like, again, that's like a little detail, which a lot of designers may have just been like, I'll just put like a straight angle. No need to have that sort of like cliff to lock it in. So like, these are like these little things that like you wouldn't notice unless you like did some DNA hopping tricks or like you tried to like move the yo-yo while it's finger spinning. So like, yeah, that's, 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 that's a good example. We'll just use that for today. <laughs> so so it, it reminds me of, um... There's a, a really good book that I like called Free Play, which now I have to add to put into the, even though I've added it to like every show notes. Um, <laughs> Free Play by Steven Nachmanovich, really, really good book. Um, and in it, he mentioned something called the, the law of requisite variety, which is yeah. a fancy word for like, if you want to be able to do something, you have to have the stuff that you need to do it. So like, if you want a, 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 a screen that shows all the colors, then you need to have uh, what RGB, uh, red, blue, and green. Is that, yeah. is that it, right? And then with yeah. that, you can make all the colors. But if you're missing blue, then now you can't make all of the colors because you don't have the required variety to, to create every other color from RGB. So like you need to, to, to have the thing to be able to do the things. So if you don't know how to talent grind, for example, then yeah. you're not going to know how to make a yo-yo. You, you wouldn't know, oh, I need to make the, the talent grind happen on the aluminum because it feels terrible on the steel. Yeah. So if you don't know how to talent grind, you won't know that and you won't be able to do that. So building out your skill set will always build out your ability to design better yo-yos. And yeah. that's always a good reason to, for example, learn a horizontal combo if you don't know how yeah. if you're a yo-yo designer.
no 100 and like yeah that's the thing it's like the only thing i'm working on personally is trying to like get faster as a yo-yoer because um a lot of people when you start pushing speeds on yo-yos then you just start to notice like little faults in the yo-yo that like hey mm -hmm. this distribution works good when you're going from like zero to like 90 percent, but 90 to 100 percent, it starts to fail you and like this change could help there so like i'm trying to like yeah trying to you know get back on like that um tutorial and like that grind to try to learn more tricks because i'm like it'll, it'll help me evolve as a designer so mm. yeah that'll be my justification if like anyone asked me like why are you yo-yoing you have like a test tomorrow i'm like this is actually uh work i am working right now <laughs> <laughs> just like employment hours are like 50 hours a week and like 40 of those are literally just yo-yoing oh my god yeah, no, you, you got to support your college habit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think we talked a little bit about that minimalism, like functional min minimalism. Yeah. Did we talk about ergonomics of yo-yos? Uh, we, I don't think we did. I don't think we did. Yeah, so ergonomics are another huge thing. And I think anyone with a 3D printer is at a huge advantage here. So like, if you guys can afford it, and they're pretty affordable, I think like two, $300 at this point now, buy a 3d printer and print the shape out um if you don't you don't need the bearing to fit you can probably just like make the hub meet in the middle and just hold on to it like really grasp it really understand um how it feels throw it up catch it just have some fun with it um and because i made this mistake like the synthesis was fairly sharp and so after that i was i started focusing a lot on how it feels in the hand a it needs to feel comfortable to catch from like all angles uh because you're gonna get like especially for 5.8 you're gonna get like knuckle hits and if the yo-yo isn't smoothed out in certain areas, it's going to hurt a lot. So like with the Invictus, you'll notice that like it's very like bulbous. It's very round in my areas. And that was because I knew a lot more beginners would get it. And if they hit their knuckles on certain areas, I want the impact to be absorbed over a larger area. Um, so like with that, of course, um, you also have the how it feels in the hand. And so I've had yo-yos where I love how they play. But once I catch it or when I'm holding to throw it, it feels kind of awkward, right? And this also varies on how you hold the yo-yo. Everyone has like a different holding style. Um, but yeah, you want to make sure that like in every aspect of like the yo-yo's journey from the throw uh, to the trick to the catch, I want to make sure that it just feels perfect to them. So ergonomics is another thing. And like, I think, yeah, again, with this one, it's really hard to articulate kind of like what certain features you'll need because like, you can have a H-shaped yo-yo, which feels amazing in the hand, but then have an organic, which feels all awkward and wrong. Even though organic naturally should kind of like fit comfortably into hand and H-chip naturally has kind of like those beefy rims that are coming right at your finger. Um, but yeah, definitely like more designers, more players, really think about kind of like when you're holding the yo-yo, what you like about it, what you don't like about it. Send me an email, who knows, I'll just, maybe I just might put that into the next design, like, Brandon does not like the way this feels for 5A. <laughs> Man, that's so good. I, I mean, that's almost outsourcing the uh, the law of requisite variety. Because if you have <laughs> the entire community, they all can do all the stuff. And so they'll let yeah, you know like, what they like. Yeah, I feel like feedback is the biggest thing. Is like I always try to like anyone else is like with Invictus, for example, I love slippy yo-yo. So me personally, I absolutely um cannot yo-yo with anything that snags a little bit right the instant it snags i'm like 
we got to switch up the pads. We got to do something because like I can't handle this. Um, so then Victus, I made it 4.6 gap width and it was really slippy, the design. Um, and so I did it on purpose so that like all you have to do is put a little more like power into the bind. But in return, you could do the craziest wrap tricks, the craziest um, injections, like the ones where like you pop the string out the middle. Oh, yeah. But then uh, like some people didn't like that. So um, with the feedback, I actually created thesis pad, like where I went through testing, created like a new grippier pad. Um, and so like now all future models will come stock with a slightly slippier pair of pads, but will also include a free pair of pads, which are grippier. So you can choose now, which one do you want? Which setting do you like more? And like that would have happened without that feedback. So like, I'm, the, I'm a huge proponent of being like, you can complain to me. I love it. I'm going to, I'm going to take that complaint and I'm going to make it into a better thesis. I'm going to use it to kind of shape where thesis is going. I love that. Where did the, where did the name thesis come from? Yeah. So <laughs> this is, this, this is the definitely like, I think the most common question I get asked because at first it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I think it's come to that point where kind of like Apple or something like where it starts to resonate, right? It just becomes normalized where if you say it enough, you're just like, oh, thesis yayos. Yeah. Um, but initially it's supposed to be Theseus, uh, which is like a reference to like a Greek god. And I had like a philosophical thing behind this, but I was like, Theseus sounds kind of weird. Um, and I was like, maybe I just pronounced it a few times, like maybe I'll just do Thesis. And then I was like, that's, that's it. Like it clicked in that moment. I was like, Thesis, because like this company, like my yo-yos are like my thesis on the yo-yo scene. My, I'm like the yo-yo, so I was like, this is my thesis statement on everything. And I was oh. kind of funny that I mentioned that because everyone was like, you should make a yo-yo called the statement. And then <laughs> SF Yo-Yos made the statement. I was like, no, that would have been so good. Like the last yo-yo thesis ever made would be called the thesis statement. And then complete everything, like mm. it's full circle, perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thesis is it's my thesis on the scene. Um when you graduate you could make the college thesis there exactly um oh. and like teachers love the name too because i was like oh. whenever um like i just finished um irvine college uh community college right now and right before i left i gave all my teachers a yayo and like what's your brand name thesis yayos and so they got like thesis lanyards and they loved they went crazy for the, like oh thesis this is like this relates to teaching and all of that so um yeah guys if you want a gift for a teacher thesis yo-yos is the one for that <laughs> that'd be so funny if we're just like where are the sales coming from and they're like they're gifts for teachers <laughs> like all oh, teachers like, have an app i'll give them a thesis oh my god uh apple the fruit not the brand uh, <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um man uh so that that actually reminded me you of of where are these sales coming from uh the pouches <laughs> that you're making um yeah could you talk a little bit about those and just yeah. like generally the accessories the that you're making. yeah so yeah. um there's a quote from virgil abloh which i actually really resonate i didn't hear it at first but i think it resonated with me a lot in which he said um i can take this candle and it was like a candle inside a crushed can and he said if i just hold this it looks like a piece of trash right if i just leave it in my room or outside but if i put it in like an art exhibit suddenly it's art so we talked about designing the space around the object to change the perception of it and so naturally i was like i want to focus a lot on presentation and that of course is packaging um and i think like 
naturally um the first thing you go to is boxes for packaging because boxes have like a multi-level experience of series of steps you have to take so thesis first had a those standard like really cheap looking pouches which the synthesis came in um and even the serenade and then next i created um a box and a box you know super funny i didn't even do this on purpose but I unknowingly hit up the same factory that was making offset packaging, right? They're like, what is this for? And it was such a slim chip because there's hundreds of packaging factories. Um, and so I hit them up and like, what is this for? I was like, this is for Yayo. And they're like, really? And then they put, showed me the offset packaging. And I was like, oh my God. And what's even funnier is when I was designing my packaging and I did some Fusion 360 actually. So just so you know, guys, you guys can use Fusion 360 for more than Yayo's. Okay. Um, but the packaging was supposed to be kind of like an apple reminiscent thing where like it's like closing box. And I designed something so similar to that that they're like, can we just remake this? And I was like, no, that's not. First of all, I was like, aren't you supposed to protect that property? I'm like, isn't that like some intellectual property that you're probably not supposed to mention? Um, I told Brandon about it anyways, and he's laughing. It's like a super fun conversation. But uh, the other thing was that these boxes, if they're not foldable, the shipping from China is insane. And we're talking pre-COVID. Like now shipping's gone up like five, 10X in price now. But like even before COVID, I was like, let's check, let's run the numbers on this. And I simply, even if I pay the cost, I simply wouldn't have space to store it. The pallet alone would be so, it'd be like the size of a mattress. I was like, where am I going to put these? I live in California, dude. <laughs> There's no space in my house for these. So um, I was like, we got to think of a more affordable solution. So I was like, I took a lot of the elements I liked of, of the box I made first and then made it into a foldable packaging. And so, yeah, with that was the experience that first you remove the, um, the sleeve, then you open the box and then the insert, that's like the thing I'm most proud of because um, naturally the yo-yo needs to be sturdy. Like if you shake it, can't like move much. Um, the insert was like this weird ninja looking four-way star. And it made like this like sound when you opened it, like right when you pulled out the yo-yo and it opened up into like this really cool pattern. And so like, this is actually where I use my origami. Um, like a lot of people ask like, where's the cross section? And I always tell them like cardistry influences the yo-yo design um, and origami influenced the packaging. But yeah, um, the insert was really cool opening it. And I just absolutely loved everything about that box. But the, the issue with paper boxes and boxes in general is people throw them away. So I was like, I'm probably making a lot of waste without knowing it. Um, and I was like, I just don't think it's a good idea, especially because the nice, beautiful look of the box involved a lot of chemicals to kind of give that, that really smooth finish and that UV gloss. Um, so I was like, I like as an environmentalist, like this just feels kind of weird to, to like make, even though it's really small, probably in the grand scheme of things, like I just prefer something sustainable. So I went back to pouches, right? And pouches also were better for shipping, especially post COVID, because you could vacuum seal them uh, and also less space in my room. Um, so yeah, we went back to pouches, but I absolutely hate the standard pouches like you can get off eBay or Amazon. I was like, when you open them, there's like lint all over them. And then they're super thin. Like if you shake the package, it'll damage the yo-yo. So I went to a fabric like manufacturer and like from, I think it was like designed completely custom, like every aspect of it. And so, yeah, first thing I was like, I need to be durable, strong, thick. So we took um, an outer layer, which I forgot what the material for the outer layer was. And then I was like, we're going to double stitch it. Kind of like um, Kanye did like a hoodie thing, I think, with like Gap, where you like 
double lined hoodies. Those were amazing. Um, so I was like, let's do that with pouches. So the inside was coated with flannel, which is so soft. Sometimes I just put my hand in the pouch and leave it there for a minute. Cause I'm like, this is like, this is like a pillow. Um, and so I put that in and then I drop tested it to see like if it'll protect the yo. And it did like, you could take, like, don't chuck it at the ground. But like, if you take this and just drop it onto like concrete, the yo-yo should be like 99% okay, depending on like how far the drop and everything. So I was like, that's a really good thing because it can also reduce how much bubble wrap and stuff you need. Um, and then the other aspect was um, I just wanted something custom print on it. So I was like, thesis. And the funny thing is this took like two revisions to get through because I wanted it so that when you close the pouch, the thesis is perfectly center of the yo-yo. Like there's some Invictus in this in it right now. Um, and I want it because before it was a little too high, a little too low. So I was like, screw it together. Or like when you pull it together, it should be perfectly centered for photos, for the unboxing experience or mm. pouch experience. <laughs> um, so like, yeah, a lot of thought went behind like every aspect of this. And now I think this is a design we're going to stick with for all packaging. Love different colors coming out. Like the Paladin has a beautiful, like dark forest green. Um, and then the mile after that's going to have like a really good, like not navy, but like the grayish blue look. Yeah. So yeah, and this also is a new collectible. Um, instead of like slap bands and apparels, like people just love collecting these, trying to like use them for counterweights. And like I told you the story with the jewelry where we were like, I met an Etsy seller at a Pusha T concert, and they like the pouch, so they're like, "You should sell pouches." I was like, "That's it. I'm <laughs> thesis will now be like a pouch selling company. <laughs> we'll we'll just yeah. shift to pouches, selling pouches and yo-yos to teachers. That's yeah, that's perfect. Is, you know." <laughs> yeah oh man so uh i think we've hit pretty much everything yeah. um do you maybe want to talk a little bit about augment design yeah so um this was kind of like a new thing that i started um this year where i have a lot of designs which may not ever see kind of like any sort of production they may some don't even see any prototyping and I was like I think these designs are good I just don't have the time to put them in thesis lineup like the lineup for thesis right now is planned out a year year and a half ahead already and with each release there's a lot of things I have to go into of course after like production design after all that even once you get the yo's in hand photography testing packaging you have to contact retailers ship them out then you got to market there's so many steps to it right so this actually is like a really big limiter on how many yo-yos you can release a year. Um, unless you try to like just push out a bunch and not give them any focus. But I, I want to take each yo-yo and like make it like in a centerpiece, the spotlight of thesis for like those two to three months. And this so, yeah, is also have... while you're doing college. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm like worried. I'm like, once I get to college, we gotta, I got to figure this out. But um, luckily Ken and like a lot of the other team does help with different aspects of it because um with uh Invictus and Decapa which were giant runs um I had to pull all-nighters um I remember I'd like open my laptop throw on like um How I Met Your Mother have like a sushi thing um right next to me and then I'd eat it and then whilst playing I just start like tuning it just start running through them I'd be like mm. I gotta finish like a hundred or I cannot sleep um, probably really bad for <laughs> my physical health Man. looking back but like yeah it was um, it was really difficult so luckily Kent came in and he was like yeah 
um, I was like, uh, maybe I can like hire Kent to help out. And yeah, he's doing great. He's going to help with the next three models while I'm transitioning to Berkeley so that we can kind of still keep thesis running, still keep like the um, machine going and get the leases out. But uh, yeah, back to back to Augment. I forgot how I transitioned here, but um, yeah, back to Augment. So <clears throat> for Augment, I was like, we don't have the time to release all these designs, which are so beautiful, so um, unique. And so I was like, I'll do this kind of like a spinoff, a little sub company. Um, I think kind of like Gay Recreation did like Rebellion typeface, like that stuff. So Augment's like a sub brand under Thesis, which will have really small runs. Like the Calyx was 50 pieces. So all runs are gonna be 50 to 100 pieces. We'll sell them direct. Um, there's still gonna be marketing stuff behind it, but I'm using like another group to help me with marketing. So that like, it's not Thesis resources necessarily. Um, and with it, I was like, maybe if I can just take Augment a new direction, like a different aesthetic, different feel, different vibe, all of that. Um, and so it's still really young. We've only had the Calyx release, but we have a collab lined up and the yo-yo in the collab is crazy. I don't think I've seen a yo-yo even close to it in terms of like the stuff we're introducing. Really? Um, and so, yeah, Augment is just kind of a place where I can take all these projects, which are beautiful, deserve a big run, but, um, we just don't have space for it and necessarily kind of like that timeline. So we'll just do a mini small run for all those loyal thesis fans. Man, that's awesome. Did you introduce the new project that you're working on yet? Did we talk about that? Um, so we did uh, Invictus Paladin. I'm trying to think, uh, was there one that we talked about yesterday that was- I think it was the <clears throat> Paladin. It was the Paladin. It might've been Paladin, yeah, it might've been Paladin. But um, yeah, we have- other projects too. So I actually posted this on story. So technically I can like say it. So after Paladin, we have another bimetal planned and this bimetal has been like in the work for over a year. Um, this bimetal is like, I think probably peak thesis almost like our team loves it. Um, Kent loved it so much that he was like, I have to be the one to quality uh, check these and also ship them. Like he loved it so much. He's like, I want one of every color. I wanna compete with this. I wanna like, um, he, like we're even giving him his own edition for this. Same with like two other team members because they just love the design so much. Um, and then that'll be out probably like in August. It was originally supposed to come out in uh, June, like Paladin and this next bimetal were supposed to be flipped but uh, there was like a two month delay in manufacturing, right? Like I hit them up and I was like, so is the yo-yo done? And they're like, we're gonna start production next week actually. And I was like, what? I was like, you're telling me for these past eight weeks, you've just been like giving me replies that indicated that it's in the works, but in the works meant that it's just like in the queue. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was like, all right, we gotta, we gotta quickly adjust. So luckily we had the Paladin on hand and I was like, we'll release this now. And then the bimetal yo-yo in August. But yeah, we got the bimetal yo-yo. And then later in the year, we have a collab with a pretty sizable company. Um, it's probably um, going to come out in, I want to say like October. And then O-shaped uh, yo-yo, we got the organic shaped yo-yo, which will either release end of 2022 or beginning of 2023. Okay. Um, and then we have like all these other designs now, which um, we have to, which like, I'm just like prototyping them and then just keeping them in stock for the team. And then these designs is not really a set schedule, but again, we have like more bimetals, um, no monometal, interestingly enough, like no 606 ones. 
um, a titanium most likely to kind of complete the Invictus series. Like I don't know if people know this, but the series will always go monometal, bimetal, titanium. That was a synthesis hypothesis um, antithesis. So now we have Invictus, blank, bimetal, and then the titanium to kind of wrap it up again. Um, so yeah, we have to complete that series. And then, oh, Invicta X, that's one other model. Um, I don't even think I have one. It might be in the museum, but um, that's a 7068 version of the Invictus. And it's a completely different um, like aesthetic look to it. And that was a 7068, which um, I might just make a run now. I wasn't originally, it's supposed to be like a design where we were testing, do you want 7060 or 6061, but ultimately 6061 is more affordable, accessible. Um, but yeah, it plays really fast. Uh, me and Jordan were huge fans of it, right? The designers loved it, um, but the players like the Invictus more. So it was really interesting to kind of see um, the differences in which Jordan like really appreciated the design. He was like, this is really cool. Um, so like, yeah, Invicta X might happen, a 7068 version, really fast, powerful, like it's the most competition oriented uh, version of Invictus that we can make. Um, but yeah, that's our design, I think. I think that's all I, I think that's all I remember for now, but yeah, hopefully uh, if you guys want to keep up with the updates, you know, Instagram, Discord, just follow us and you'll probably see what's in the works. Perfect. So that actually takes us to, let's start with the three takeaway questions. We'll start with the plugs of like where do we follow you what's a what's a yo-yo people need to go out and buy right now anything that you want to plug yeah so this is my favorite part by the way <laughs> um yeah so where to follow uh instagram is going to be the most updates the quickest updates um that's where i'm most active that's where you're going to be able to kind of get the news firsthand um if you want to talk a little bit more with me um instagram dms works but then you can also go to our discord um, in which I'll probably add it to our link in bio for thesis yo-yos, but yeah, there you can talk to other members, um, in the discord, uh, you can get other announcements. We've had like different pictures and like different leaks in that server. Um, I think it's funny cause, um, the Decapo artwork was such a big part of the release and we had a graphic with all the artwork on it. And one of my teammates actually accidentally posted into the server and I was like, all right, well, I guess this is exclusive content now for, for people that were in the Discord. You guys got like a three-month preview of us coming out. Yeah. Um, and if I even had like the art collab in there, the art Decapa version, which didn't come out for like seven months, six, seven months after. And I was like, this is hilarious. Um, but yeah, Instagram, Discord, uh, our YouTube channel, like I, I need to start pushing that more because we have like a good eight or nine videos, which a lot of production um, went into those. And I genuinely think you guys will like them. We even have one uh, with Ogi um, at Czech, uh, for the Czech contest. And we're gonna have some EYYC content up there too. Cause we're gonna be, um, I think we're like one of the three main sponsors. So like, yeah, we plan to do a lot more content. So check out our YouTube channel. And if you wanna buy a yo-yo, honestly, whatever's in stock. Uh, <laughs> I think if you, if you want like, the safer choice Invictus for sure but if you want something that's unique stands out and in my opinion like my favorite plastic yo, you get the Decapo like for sure you guys will love it uh we have some really beautiful artwork on there too and yeah you can probably find those at like any of your local retailers probably yeah and available in the craft section of <laughs> yeah we're also talking about this all the time we're like um if you guys need to Yo find a there's like, here's a tutorial on how to find the craft section. 
Um, but awesome, 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 awesome. Uh, so that's the plugs, the takeaways. And then there's one more question after. Uh, what is one thing, because people have been listening, we are at one hour and 49 minutes of, of recording. Uh, so people have been listening for a long time. If there's one thing that you want them to remember, uh, what would that be? Uh, start the conversation around yayoing more. And I think the unique avenues to get to that point would be, again, just creating an aesthetic around yo-yoing, which makes it really cool. Just like honestly something that non-yoers really love. And again, I think apparel's a great segue into that. And then the next step, of course, is again, making those like holsters, yo-yos, that aesthetic that you can carry it proudly in public and you can introduce it to more people because that's how the community is going to grow. That's how you guys are going to get your friends into yo-yoing. That's how yo-yos are just going to kind of become, I guess, like more of the norm, right? You want to hit that like 90s level of like yo-yoing where everyone's got a yo-yo and stuff. And uh, yeah, I think starting the conversation, just go out and talk to people about yo-yoing. So that's awesome. Uh, mine would be for people to, if you're a designer, get a 3D printer, um, mm. which there's a few things on that that I want to actually hit on that I totally forgot to ask earlier. First of all, yeah. specifically get the Ender 3 or Ender 3 Pro <laughs> with a BL Touch because that'll make it so you don't have to do bed leveling. Uh, it's it's like, I, I've, I have bought three 3D printers so far. One yeah. of them was a scam. One of them oh, wasn't, wow. but it sucked. And then the third one is this, the Ender 3. And it's finally, 3D printers are actually at the level where you can get a good printer for like under $300, $400. And you can just get them on Amazon. You can get them anywhere. Um, but my question for you is um, how, what orientation do you print a yo-yo in to make it? Oh. I've done it once and I had support material in the cup yeah, because yeah. I did it with the cup facing down and I couldn't get the support material out. And so it was just terrible. And if I do yeah, it upside so, down, then now I won't have a bearing seat. Uh, print. So technically, I guess it kind of depends on um, if, how you guys are going to hold the yo together. But I think uh, one of the easiest ones, if you want like the least structure, because like naturally, if you put a yo-yo up that's like connected, um, that hourglass shape is going to look like really weird. And you're going to need, I think you're going to need support in between that hourglass shape. So you're going to spend a lot of time removing all this unnecessary plastic. And the and that, thing that orientation to describe it is like, it's sitting on a table. And if you were to tilt the table, the yo-yo would now roll is the yeah, orientation exactly. that you're describing. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the other um, aspect, which, yeah, it's fine because when I print, um, yeah, the cup gets ruined. You guys, <laughs> there's no cup aesthetic. I'm sorry. It's like, realistically, when I print, it's for the shape. So for me, it doesn't really matter about that, right? Sometimes I'll literally just fill the cup up like it's pure plastic. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll just like print the two halves separate and then just like literally stick them together and make a fixed axle yo-yo version. But um, yeah, I think you're probably gonna be the better expert in regards if you want like a proper cup to get that look of it. But for the shape guys, yeah, I just completely fill up the cup. And then again, I just hold it for the ergonomics. And if I want to get a look of the cup, I just render in Fusion 360. Um, Cause yeah, the rendering is beautiful there. You can look at it from like any angle. You can get an idea of like almost what it will look like once you machine it. So that's how I do it. But uh, what about the you Basic Ross? rendering is free in Fusion 360. Yeah. <laughs> so that's another really oh get get on fusion um so so just for people to know you put the cup uh coplanar with the the build platform 
it is just sitting wow. on the built platform, right? Interesting. Yeah. That's what you're describing? Yeah. So just like that. Yeah. Like fill, honestly, again, because I do it for shape, just don't worry about the cup too much. Like you can mm -hmm. fill it with plastic, you can fill it with um, the structural supports. But um, yeah, do it for the shape. And if not, then we'll have some fun removing all the plastic <laughs> on the inside. <laughs> Be ready. It's, it's very grueling. Uh, how, do you, how do you stick the two sides together? Um, so usually I'll just take like a bearing and then oh, smash. Love it. Love yeah. It, love so uh, again, it's like, it will not yo-yo guys, but you can hold on to it and get a feel for it. Um, the other way to do it is again, if you want to try, I've done this successfully once where again, like it's that printing it like this way. Um, it'll, I think the print messed up the first time. And then the second time, I forgot what I did. I think I did like this arc thing where like for, for the yo-yo, there was like an arc pushing it from each side like that. And that actually worked. Um, and then I just like clipped it off afterward. Um, and what that's if arc. So like let's say the yo is printing like this, right? From the ground up. So we'll we are, have like, we are staring, just for people who are listening, we are staring at the hub <laughs> of the yo-yo. At the hub of the yo-yo circle. Yeah. So we'll have like, an arc of plastic right here like a really thin one like connecting to a few points here right and then another one connecting to a few points there and i'll stop it from like almost like falling over so at like five and eight o'clock on the yo-yo yeah have, it's um you have two little kind of arc thingies yeah this okay. and Honestly, and now that I'm talking about it, it's probably just smarter to print the house out and then just take a bearing scene, like a bearing just smash it. I, I tried that one way because I didn't have um, like any sort of um, bearing on me. This was a school actually. This is so funny. I was like, I need to use this for a school related thing. And they're like, what school related thing is this? I'm like, it's, it's an art project. <laughs> and so I had it there um, in school. So I just printed it. And I was, um, and yeah, that kind of worked. It's, it was a little, um, I guess you don't need to do it that way if you don't have to, if you have a bearing, but I guess that's an option if you guys want to try it and add like the arcs and to stop the area from like tipping over when it's building it. Yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah, this is a great podcast, man. I'm super happy. I feel like we got some, through some good topics. You got some important uh, like philosophical stuff like oh, yeah. you talked about earlier, the meaning of yo-yoing. <laughs> That's what I love. Uh, and the, the final, final thing, this is an easy one. Um, just to make sure that we always have a future guest, is there someone who you can put me in touch with who hasn't been on the show yet uh, Yeah, you think would be a good guest? Yeah, I think if you want to have a really interesting conversation, Jordan from OP Yo-Yos, uh, that dude is crazy. I love him. Um, and if not Jordan, um, I think. Uh, one it's gotta be it's gotta be jordan <laughs> i was trying to i was like maybe like you could do like evan and gower or like um like oh, our he's, player. Already, he's already he'll, scheduled he'll be coming on soon i was like I was, yeah i was thinking about i was like not like ross i already know you got him i was like at the dxl meet there was no way you didn't like hit him up but like honestly bro yeah you've got dxl which guys yeah if you're in socal ever hit up dxl like you're gonna meet lots of yo-yoers um and sometimes guest appearances from certain celebrities like Evan Aga and Brandon Vu. <laughs> Evan just moved to LA, so he'll probably be coming more often. Man, right as I'm right as I'm moving to Berkeley. <laughs> what you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, Shivam. This has been so much fun. Yeah. And uh, sweet. Hopefully uh, we can maybe do like a part two someday. That'll be kind of interesting in a few years. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, first once, part two. <laughs> once you take over a yo-yo factory. In, yeah. In <laughs> once uh, once we build a conglomerate that thesis has like Duncan, if like all them under it, I was like, yeah, Ross, well, we're back at it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait to talk to you then. <laughs> sweet. All right. All right. Later.